Now with our very own theme song that is compliments of the fantastic Kid Mental, who will be in our studio right up the street tonight at 7 o'clock. So tune back in for that. Thank you, Kid Mental, for the fantastic theme song. I love it. You can hear the whole thing on our YouTube page. Go check it out. It's two minutes of pure bliss. Um, Today, we are going to be talking to some very special guests, but real quick, housekeeping matters. All of our guests are very special, but you guys are super special. Um, this is our spring guide, which is out on the streets right now. Our spring guide, dear God, summer guide. You can pick this up. We've got a ton of listings, a ton of wonderful things to do inside, outside, film, music, you name it. It's in here uh, up to and including some outdoor theater, if you are so in the mood, which brings me to our fantastic guests. I am sitting here with Stuart Urist, the managing director from Quantum Theater, and Scott Fleming, the – what's your title there, Scott? I probably should have looked at that. Oh, you you make one up. Okay. The <laughs> head minion <laughs> at Boom Creative. Welcome, both of you guys. Uh, so they, um, you might have heard, are putting on a little play at this little outdoor area. It's uh, <laughs> King Lear at the Cary Furnace, um, which is – well, first of all, let's talk about you guys a little bit and quantum and, and what quantum does. So, Stuart, let's start with you. Tell tell our wonderful viewers a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Uh, I've been managing director at Quantum for about two years. Um, that means that I'm like the gardener who lets all the great art happen, right? So I do the marketing, the fundraising, the finance, so that we work with these amazing artists. They could focus on making things like the King Lear at the Cary Furnace. Um, I started as an actor. Like, that's my background. And when I was doing off, 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 off shows in uh, New York. Uh, um, <laughs> like, still off. They were in Connecticut. Yeah, like <laughs> Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I did, the, like, Two Gentlemen of Lebowski, which is a Shakespearean, uh, you know, out of take on the big Lebowski. So that feels very, like, of the moment. But no. So I was doing that. But I got this great day job at Broadway.com. Turned me on to, like, all this other stuff that I found I really enjoy. So I did some of that there, Broadway.com. I worked at Ford's Theater Society in uh, DC. And then I came to grad school in Pittsburgh at CMU. And I learned, you know, how much I love this city. I really wanted to get back. And I did, you know, for the, for this job, I'd have been in for about uh, two years. And I just, I love it. It's great. Well, I'm glad that you love Pittsburgh. So uh, now tell me or tell the people watching, hello, uh, a little bit, because Quantum's a little different. I mean, it's not your theater where you get your ticket and you go in and your usher seats you. I mean, how, how do you guys interpret theater? Yeah, that's, that's what's so – one of the things that's so exciting about it, right? It's uh, it's really eclectic for one thing. So you don't know what kind of show you're going to see. You know, we do Shakespeare. We do world premiere plays. We do plays of music. We've done operas before. So it's a huge range. But it takes place all over the city. We think of the city as our stage, right? So um, we've been in abandoned swimming pools. We've been in groves of trees. We are at the Cary Blast Furnaces right now. <laughs> Um, you know, we've been in all sorts of neighborhoods. Uh, we went outside the city up to Sewickley this year. Um, you know, really, it's like it's a great way to explore your city to see some, you know, really uh, hidden gems. But at the heart is, you know, the really uh, beautiful vision of the artists and particularly our founder and artistic director, um, Carla Boos, you know, who created the company 28 years ago and has brought all of us uh, on this ride with her. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. And Scott Fleming, uh, head minion here at Boom. What, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, 
Boom is a integrated creative services agency, which is basically a fancy way for saying ad agency or marketing agency. <laughs> um, we were founded in 2008, so we're we're celebrating our 10th year for yet another year and a half. I think we're allowed to absolutely right? stretch it out. That's um, what I do with every birthday I have. Exactly, <laughs> and we're extremely happy and proud of the work that we're doing with Quantum Theater, and especially for King Lear right now that we're. <laughs> going to talk about because it's been a smash success. Yes, it has. Um, and I've heard rumors that it's actually sold out. Yeah. It's- which, you know, I'll front load with that. So if you're watching this, you're like, oh my God, at the end of this, you're going to be like, I have to go see this show if you don't already have tickets. And you can, but there's a caveat. You've got to be there, right? Stuart, what, how, how do these last minute? Exactly. So it, it's so, so, so sold out. We're finding that like every night, uh, people, you know, for one reason or another, don't show. So we have a rush uh, going on now. If you show up at 7 o'clock, we have a list. And then we take people from that list around 7.25. Um, in the order they're listed, it's $40 cash. And we got like seven people in last night. So it's really working. And folks who want to see the show are getting in. Uh, but, you know, it is, yeah, it's sold out every performance we close on June 2nd. So it's just. And that's not really a problem for you. I mean, that's a good problem to have. That that's is... great. That means it's been incredibly well received. So let's pivot to that. Let's, so King Lear, obviously Shakespearean play. You, or Quantum, decided, you know what? We should go to a blast furnace to put this on. How did that decision how did that even come up as an option? Like, talk me through that whole process and how Quantum got there. Yeah, I mean, it started like so many things at Quantum in the mind of Carla Booth. She was working, um, there was the 125th anniversary of the Battle of Homestead. And so she was doing some work with the Battle of Homestead Foundation. And she's talking to these folks and, you know, they're kind of amongst like this this industry. And, you know, she was thinking about, you know, coming back to a Shakespeare and, you know, you're looking across the water and, like, there's the carry Blast Furnaces. And somebody's like, you know, you should do a show there. So she got to talking. And I remember, you know, a year ago, you know, we got it to the point where we're, like, walking around the site, you know, with these folks from Rivers of Steel who are great to work with. But we're pitching them like we do so many times on, yeah, so we're just going to come in here for eight <laughs> weeks and, like, have the run of the place. And we're going to rehearse with our actors. And uh, we're going to build a ton of stuff. And they're doing weddings now. They're doing all this stuff. It's crazy. And they're just, they had their arms crossed. They're like, I can't imagine like how this is going to happen. But you know, like she makes it happen. And uh, so like she sold them on the site. They've been really welcoming. We figured out, you know, how we could be in there and we rehearsed offsite somewhat. But, um, you know, it started with that like artistic vision, like that dream of this huge, like mythic, you know, play a mythic Britannia mixed with, um, you know, like mythic Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. There's, there's like a really, it's a really deep connection. Uh, then that intersection that we found is incredibly powerful. But, you know, it was that, that, uh, that idea and then just the relentlessness to like push through any opposition to make it happen, which is, you know, something I'd find just like so admirable and that makes like our work possible. So in your two years, would you classify this as one of the more challenging locations that you've had to secure? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the scale alone, right? You know, there's, it's, it's so big. We, we borrowed this golf cart, you know, actually to like help for a couple of just because we have to traverse stuff all over the site and to help audience members, you know, who there is a walk of, you know, almost a quarter mile in between the first act and the second act. And not everyone's game for that. And it's, it's so effective in the show, but you know, we had to crack problems like that. You know, there's no uh, running water that we have access to. So we want to have, um, there's no refrigeration, like easy power. There's just enough power to the lights. Like we've blown fuses, uh, you know, multiple times <laughs> doing this thing. So like, I can't be, you know, 
putting in a fridge for the concessions and stuff. So there's all sorts of like little, but that's what's exciting about it. You know, yeah, it's, that's it's, what coolers are for. So yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we, we, we found out you can buy ice and, uh, well, and put no them in there. Way. Yeah. Yeah. It works. <laughs> no. So we're, we're swinging at all that stuff, but you know, at the, the heart is like the, the audience experience and like what's going to make it meaningful for them. And that's like, as we're doing this walk, you know, that's why the golf cart came along. We're thinking about how we light that path, you know, like what does that look like? And it, it's a really beautiful moment now where it happens right at twilight so like you are in daylight at the beginning of this show and you kind of sink into like this theatrical world of the play as it goes on and like all those elements of experience i guess like there are challenges that come with that but it's what makes us different than like you know the kind of like traditional theatrical temples right is you can leverage those circumstances to create something like a one-of-a-kind experience yeah you'll never get that inside an actual theater like that's something you can only do where you are right now right right i mean you don't even notice it becoming but then you're plunged into this darkness and you do this walk and like the furnaces we have a little bit of lighting on them so you can like see them and you have a little flashlight but it's it's so beautiful just to say they're silhouettes you know against like the night Mm -hmm. sky and you're walking down these like luminaria lit path to this place called the iron garden for the second act which is just like feels like Stonehenge or something. It's like big rocks and like a tree in the middle. And it's like so intimate, you know, from like the grandeur of the furnaces to that. You, it's just, you can scene change all you want and you can have huge fly space and bring set in and out. Mm. Right. But like, you can't do that unless you're at a blast furnace. Yeah. Really. Well, and, and let's, do you have some of the visuals, Mike, that we could pull up? Oh, and I do want to remind people, if you have any questions for Scott or Stewart or me or Mike, whatever you Feel free to drop them in the comments on Facebook because I want to move it over to Scott for a minute. So you got basic. What was the ask when they came to? They're like, we're gonna, we're gonna do this thing, and we need you to art it for us. Like, how 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 did how did just, you, just like that? Was need, that exactly what they said? It's like thing. I was there. <laughs> well, so so just like Stuart said, uh, you know, Carla Booz is is certainly the the driving force behind Quantum Theater, and boom, boom, we have our creative director Night Handley. And even though we all talk about collab and it's always a team effort and uh, we have, you know, Tara Taylor and Mark Spader and uh, Renee Roswick, we have, we have a small core team, but this is really, you know, Nine's baby and, you know, just like it's Carla's, Carla's baby. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we sit and we talk about all this. And the reason we're here talking today about something that's, you know, maybe seems like more typically just, you know, a marketing company's client Mm -hmm. is because we take on projects at a what I would call a partner level. We, we immerse, we, mm-hmm. we get on board and we, we only take things that we really get passionate about and really love. And it's very clear from working with Stuart and Shannon and Carla and everybody on their staff uh, that they're super passionate and, you know, they've got six people doing the job of 400 the way we have four people doing the job of maybe, you know, 20 or 30. So, um, a lot of this, I'm going to give shouts out to Nide Hanley, who is the driving force behind a lot of the creative that you're going to see right. on well, our I, end of it. And I do. So, um, Scott sent me the, the art, it's artwork, it's art. I, that, that's one of the main reasons why I wanted both of you guys to sit down together because that was my, my first exposure to King Lear was the, the artwork that you sent me. And it was, I've seen a lot of marketing materials in my life <laughs> and it, it blew me away. I mean, it was just I, I, I was inspired. I mean, I, I'd love you. to hear how, how Nide got to that, how, how you guys, I mean, it was beyond anything I think that most people would do for a local marketing campaign in terms of artistic, well, art, artistry. I think an interesting thing about Lear specifically, we, so about the ask, we, you know, mm-hmm. last summer we met with Stuart and Carla and Shannon at, at Quantum Theater about what the season looked like, just like we're doing now for next season. And we had, you know, we went in 
with the idea of a, of a branded voice that ties in the feeling of quantum theater for the whole year and for the shows. As the year progressed, and we all thought we knew King Lear in our heads, you know, but as the year progressed, we needed to be able a couple times to pivot when opportunities presented themselves or uh, something you know, kind of derailed us from our plans or became more apparent that we needed to move to a different plan. And when we walked around, the very first time we all walked around Carrie Blast Furnaces, we pivoted. And so our original artwork, which is out there, uh, got augmented and um, uh, accompanied by this new piece. And so I'm going to give also shouts out to Heather Mull, who took to, to the photograph. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also and uh, Rivers of Steel gave us a photograph as well that they had taken. And uh, Mark Nobile gave us some great video. And we were able to use the textures of Carrie Blast Furnaces and do this amalgam of our original poster art that Knight had created with all these textures and the steel and, and the feel. Uh, and that's what drove us into the, the final leg of the marketing campaign for Lyra, I think. Well, obviously it was highly successful because they're uh, you know sold out. So, <laughs> oh, I wish we could, I wish we could take can we credit for that. But... Well, I, 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 it's been reviewed widely. Obviously, we are our own Amanda Reed. Um, I knew she loved it before I even read the piece she filed because she was tweeting from Carrie Furness about like how out of her mind amazing it was. So, um, I mean, would you, is this one of um, your more popular pieces just in terms of maybe beyond the theater crowd and the theater goes we just i i believe scott told me you had some maybe national media there over the weekend the ap was there yeah how 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 is this you know in that regard yeah i think you know we've definitely we've had two projects that kind of bookended the season that i think you know pierced through the veil there and helped us you know reach a bit broader you know we opened our season with this um immersive work chatterton which yep. is took place in three centuries. It was in Trinity Cathedral downtown. People were walking, you know, all over there following different stories. There was a full dinner. And it just was, I think it was a really good example of like, whoa, like, you know, this is, this is something different than the kind of usual fare. And then King Lear is like, you know, you think, okay, like it's an existing text. I'm going to sit there and receive a play, but it shows, you know, how like the really like the fulfillment of that idea of how sight can intersect with it. And yeah, people that I think it does help reach broader because there's a lot of people that are interested in the carry furnaces, mm-hmm. the carry blast furnaces. As I'm talking to people, like, oh, I've always wanted to go there. You know, what's that place? So it provides like a really good excuse to come. There's more ways in, I guess, is what it's about. You can be mm-hmm. into the carry furnaces. You know, we're doing tours. If you want to get a tour, you know, on the weekend, like you can do that before the show. If you're into Shakespeare, you know, you can do that. And so there's a lot of on roads onto it. And then mm-hmm. the intersection is just so powerful altogether. I think, you know, if you're kind of interested in any of them, you like synthesize those. And you're like, oh, like I, I have to see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, how, how do you, and this is maybe taking a little step backwards a little bit. How do you determine, and we'll talk about the new season here shortly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how do you pick like which, you know, old play, new play, mm-hmm. Shakespeare, unknown. I mean, how, how, how do you as quantum theater sort of come together yeah. and say these, these are going to be the next couple that we're going to do? It Again, it's really it's so focused on Carla and, you know, what she wants to bring to the city. You know, it started, you know, she's traveled all over the world. She has a really deep engagement with international artists, you know, so 20 years ago at the beginning of her career, she's bringing a lot of that global art to Pittsburgh. And now she's at a place in her career where she wants to, you know, reflect it out to the world and say, you know, Hey, Pittsburgh has something to offer. You know, that's like Mm -hmm. with our Chatterton in the Pittsburgh international festival first, that's what that was all about was, Mm -hmm. you know, us, with these like companies from Israel, from places, you know, all over, uh, you know, there was like, there was so many different, and we were right there side by side. So it's about 
what is going to what excites her mm-hmm. and what's going to surprise the Pittsburgh audience or show them, you know, something new. You know, King Lear is an old play, right? But this yeah. is a new edit of it from Jim Kincaid and, and Julian Markels, um, who, you know, it's Lear would be three and a half hours. There's a Glenda Jackson version in New York right now. Three and a half hours straight through, two intermissions. Ours is two and a half with one intermission. And it's really cut down to that really, like the heart of the story, the kind of physical core. You know, so it's very accessible for that reason. But it also really like shows just how Shakespeare knew people. So she's trying to shine new light on old works, I guess. But also uh, really surprise the city of Pittsburgh and say, you know, come on this ride with me. You're going to see some of the most amazing places in your city. And you don't know what you're going to get with our season. But it's going to be worth seeing, you know, like she's going to take you on a really interesting ride. And so, yeah, that's kind of um, our trip. Okay. Um, So getting back to um, something I wanted to ask you, excuse me, about putting it on at Carrie Furnace. We were talking before we went on about the weather because I have tickets to the Pirate game today. Um, and I'm like, oh, it might rain. Um, what if the game gets rained out? And Stuart's like, yeah, what if my giant play gets rained out? Because you guys have a show today. So no rain for, for you as well. But so how do you deal? I mean, it's the elements. It's outside. Like there there are, aside from, you know, not the, enough electricity, there's things to consider. Weather being a huge one. Well, my entire staff and I have become amateur weather people for one thing. <laughs> like I have all the apps on my phone, <laughs> watching the radar. I know that by like three or four, I know like what's probably going to happen that evening. But yeah, I mean, the show is built uh, to withstand kind of a light drizzle. And we've done that a couple of times. Uh, I think one of the reviews called it uh, mm-hmm. an atmospheric mist in the second Lovely. act. <laughs> That's so Shakespearean. I love right? it. <laughs> No, there's a storm in the show. So, I mean, I am so grateful to our audience because they're the folk who have been on this ride with us are the folk who are there. They want to see the show too. So there's some durability in there and everyone's kind of good sports about that. But yeah, you know, it's it's a big metal blast furnace. And if there's thunder and lightning, like, you know, we got to be really mindful of that. So, you know, we're watching it. We we had a show get rained out, um, you know, midway through act one on Friday, and we were able to kind of squeeze folks in on other nights. And we're watching it, you know, if it's if it's not safe, or it's going to be miserable, you know, we're going to cancel and we've talked to the actors have ability to have a makeup like a, a rain, rain date. Yeah. So we'll have a rain rain makeup, just like in sports. Exactly. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Just like that. But, you know, although it was miserable in April, you know, when we're rehearsing and the actors were in team, were just like so hearty in that, you know, I I need something wood to knock on over here, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) and tonight is looking pretty dicey, but you know, we're. Well, and how is, how, what is the tool on the actors and the staff like, right? I mean, cause they're out in the elements too. And Mm -hmm. and actors specifically aren't really used to performing outside like this uh, typically. So are there considerations or things that they have to do? Yeah. Our, um, you know, our, our team is really good about that. The stage management team, you know, making sure that's because, you know, it's like they are the, the design, like you see in those costumes, right? It like melds kind of that ancient and like the contemporary Pittsburgh. But sometimes what that means is there's like several sweaters to accomplish that look, which is not very comfortable <laughs> this time of year. So uh, the stage management, like I got a message on Sunday, they're like, we need ice packs. Like here they are. So there's like little, <laughs> we got little ice packs so they could tuck in, you know, on these like really warm nights. We're just saying, you know, what layers like can you get rid of, you know, on these warm. But yeah, it's definitely a toll on them. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, we talked to them about it, you know, pretty straightforward, you know, like it's, uh, everyone feels really aligned, I guess, by the opportunity and the kind of one of a kind chance to do mm-hmm. it. But we want to try and make that as humane as possible, you know, like <laughs> plenty of water. There are offstage areas where they can duck out and, you know, like cool down a little bit. The misting system track. or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Right. But it's, uh, 
you know, it's it's uh, it's that risk reward thing. It's yeah. the trade off to do it. Something like there that. was a moment we you know, we saw it that one of the first nights the uh, pay what you can performance night, and that's when we were there and we were gathering some some more images. Uh, and there was a moment where I, I just had this – the minimal amount that I know about Shakespeare. And and this isn't something that maybe quantum theater would say or that or the Carla or Nine would ever say. But I feel like quantum theater and any given show is theater for people that may think that they don't like theater. If you think you don't like theater, go to one of these and then tell me – then let's have a talk. Because this is so unique and uh, it, it just feels different. There was this moment in the second act – uh, where I was sitting at the top, uh, very top of the of the round, and I felt two things. I felt one, the minimal I know about Shakespeare is this is a little bit closer to how it was done when they used to have to travel from mm-hmm. town to town in Britain, and the challenges that are not there when you have a, a real backstage and you have a real dressing room and you have a real. Uh, and I got to see from my vantage point when I wasn't watching the action. The actors doing more work behind me and below me in the dark quietly as they could and the production team and the tech crews doing more work in basically in the round than I, than you'd ever see at a, at a, at a proscenium at, at a regular theater. It was just yeah. amazing and intimate and you could like just do this and watch over your shoulder if you want to see some people getting ready. <laughs> and they were on, I mean, it was just, everybody was hitting their marks and it was just wonderful tech and wonderful craft to watch. Yeah. It really is like a feat. Like I think yeah. about some of the specific things they pull on, you know, like it's all outdoors, right? So to your point about the weather, we have these huge like plastic sheets that cover all the seating banks. And there's like all this choreography about like how those come down and your mission in case we get like a drizzle, how they come up. The actors, you know, they, the costume designer created this amazing, amazing like map of england it's this huge thing and it's lear's cape as he comes in it's like his robe so like they process and they're singing this um like which side are you on you know like there's all this interspersing of labor you know history like in with the production which is really interesting so they're singing that and he processes in with this huge map of england and it's like really symbolic you know because he divides the kingdom at the beginning right but it's you know that that's a lot of work, and they're working fully and stuff. There's a fully element, especially in the second act, like gongs and thunder sheets. So yeah, the actors do so much, like on stage and off, you know, to to make this happen. And the production crew too. They're just yeah. I don't think nice. people that haven't worked in theater truly appreciate the monumentous effort that goes into a seamless audience experience. <laughs> <laughs> like this was amazing. Thank you. We all worked 27 hours today to bring this to you. And it's, and it sounds like it's double time when you're doing it. At, I don't know, a blast furnace. So. They, they're, it's magnificent. And when they're doing it right, of course, right. It's, it's invisible. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Or, or you have to do like what, what unless Scott's like creepily trying to stare yeah, at yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it was, I, I guarantee it was invisible to everybody else there because I'm just a tech geek and I was watching yeah. the craft and I was, in a spot where I had to stand because it sold out. And so I, you know, I got a, I got an interesting vantage point. You can't go and just watch what I watch. Don't plan on, yeah. the, <laughs> don't plan on the behind the scenes version of the show. I you you had a unique viewpoint I that did. not, that not your average audience member would have. So, so yeah, so bummer King Lear is sold out. Um, but as Stuart mentioned, there are what rush tickets, you call them. Yes. So if there is a show that you're trying to get into advice would be go to carry furnace, have your $40 cash on you. And hope that somebody's car breaks down on the way there. Right? I mean, we're not hoping for a tragedy. We don't want anything bad or awful. Like, just a minimum, like, an inconvenience that prevents them from showing up so that you may go. Is that fair? Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit. I heard you had a little party, a little soiree the other night and launched uh, next season. Yeah. We, okay. We just announced what's coming up for the next year. So 
Um, and it was right now. <laughs> so what? Why don't you tell us, Stuart? Yeah. What is coming up next season? Yeah. <laughs> so we're going no downtime. We're going right into our next play at August. Mm-hmm. It's also going to be outdoors, and we had our little party. People didn't know at the time, but at the the Frick Lawn Bowling Greens, which I I didn't know lawn bowling was a thing, but they had these beautiful greens there, and now I'm going to know all about lawn bowling. Part of like one of the <laughs> you joys. You become an of the expert work. every time you do a show, exactly. and something new, don't you? <laughs> I never know what I'm going to learn about, but it is great. So we're at the lawn bowling greens there, across from like the Frick Museum, and we're doing this play called Looking for Violetta, which is about um, this Chilean folk singer Violetta Parra, who. You know, I didn't know, and I think probably I don't know if anybody in this room knows, but she is so important to uh, you know to the history of Chile, the rise of Allende, and like she took the the music of the people and used it as like this tool for activism. This all happened under these really iconic uh, tents that they called the the piñas. So mm-hmm. we're going to have a big tent in Frick Park. We're going to be there, um, you know, pretty much the whole month of August, and it's a play with music. You know, some great performers. Um, and, you know, we hope to really evoke that setting, you know, that that feel as we tell her story. So it's a completely new work. We have collaborators, you know, in Chile, you know, collaborators. Uh, Carla's, you know, deeply involved in creating this piece. But we're really excited about that one as, you know, it's another big outdoor experience piece. But it's something of, you know, completely we've assembled this team. It's all, of, you know, our devising and our collaboration, you know, multinational. That's really exciting. Um, then our next one is going to be in November. It's called uh, Shakespeare's Will. So a little through line with the Shakespeare. <laughs> um, it's about Anne Hathaway, who was Shakespeare's wife. And uh, really famously, you know, she Shakespeare had this had house in Stratford-upon-Avon that he never lived in. But, you know, she was there and their children were there. Um, but when Shakespeare died, she got the second best bed in the will. And did wow. not get the house. The house went to his sister, who was like this horrible person. <laughs> And this, yeah, rough, right? (laughs) She probably thought she was doing her a favor. I'm going to give you the second best bet. Be grateful. (laughs) But so this play like digs into this and it has like a lot, lot to do with, um, you know, like issues of women and feminism. And um, it's like a really like strong performance piece. We think there's going to be some music in that one too. We're kind of in like a musical place right now. Uh, But that's, you know, like kind of a a more intimate feel. It's a different side of what we can do. Um, And then about a year from now, we're doing this play called Chimerica. Um, which we think is going to have a really cool venue, but I can't spill the beans on it yet. But it's one of these. But like, when you do, you'll call me first, I right? Will. Yeah, yeah. It'll be right. Pittsburgh Current exclusive. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but it's it's this Olivier Award winning play, which is you know a big like theater award um in, in um England and uh from 2014, and it deals with you know Chinese and American relations. Thirteen actors, huge cast, but it you know looks that iconic uh, Tank Man photo from Tiananmen Square. You know the mm-hmm. man with the bags yeah. you know, in front of the <clears throat> tanks. And it's it's an imagined fictionalization, but the journalist who captures that photo twenty years later, there's this notice in like the Chinese paper, and they like a hint that you know this person might still be alive in New York City. So there's like there's like a mystery element where they're trying to track him down. At the same time, some of his contacts in Beijing are like spilling the lid on some stuff that's going over there, and of course, it's kind of a dangerous thing to do. So it's like freedom of the press is like very mm-hmm. much in play, and the very important role that the press has. Um, it's interesting looking at that kind of, you know, it was written in 2014, kind of set around like 2012 and Obama's, you know, second election. Little so, did they know. Yeah, right. But I think it's going to be. Still a shit show. <laughs> 
I think it's gonna be really interesting, you know, to reflect that, you know, now and then if the venue that we hope you know, pans out, it'll like all crystallize in like this beautiful way. But you know, we are um, Susan Sue, who designed the costumes for King Lear. You know, all that beautiful work that you saw in those photos. She's actually she's a, what we call a scenographer for that show. So she's okay. doing the scenic and the costume design. She was in Beijing at the time of Tiananmen Square. Wow. So I think like that. You know, our artists always bring incredible work to the table. But, you know, being able to position her as an artist on that one is something we're really excited to. Yeah, that's a whole other layer. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So three projects next year. That's the way we're going is, you know, fewer kind of larger, really exciting projects. It takes time to cook up something like, you know, a Lear at the Carry Furnaces or, Mm -hmm. you know, a Chimerica. But it's, you know, it it makes them really like worthwhile experiences. So we're excited to embark on that. Because we, we were kind of joking before. It's like, wow, like King Lear like really set this bar. Like, are you nervous? <laughs> like, oh, this is great. Oh, shit, what did I do? Like, how do I top this? And it seems like you guys have already answered that challenge because this next season sounds amazing. And I'm <laughs> assuming you and your team are already furiously figuring out how you're going to art yeah. this. Yeah. Well, is that, yeah, the, is that the technical the, term? Yeah, technically it is. It's how we're going to we're going to art this. Uh, how we're going to lens it. Yeah, lens um, it. Ooh. Yeah, so we just found out like everybody else found out about it. And it's always, I mean, so far it's been twice now, but it's been like unwrapping a gift. It's been like a birthday party when, you know, they roll out these things, all of which are wonderful opportunities and all of which just send our gears spinning. And, you know, like the process was last year, we come in with multiple ideas that, and the, and we're going to have to probably be ready to pivot again as the yeah. year as the year moves forward. But we're uh, looking forward incredibly to uh, to what we're, uh, the the subject matter is just rich with opportunity uh, for us, so we're 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 incredibly excited about it too. Well, I can't wait to see what you do with it, and I feel like I have to expect. So Scott and I know each other. I, I hear that NPR journalists do this all the time, and I'm obviously on the same plane as NPR journalists. Absolutely. So I used to work with Scott and Matt Hanley and Tara Taylor in 2007, back in the day, um, and could not find three finer people. So. Oh, yeah, I mean, you probably could if it you was hard, super, but no, was, I love you guys. You it guys was the awesome. era of the super team. It was, we it were was, the super team. We should have got t-shirts back then. Like but. when the, you know, like when the American basketball team went to the Olympics, it was just yes. like that. Yeah. Like the fab five in basketball or is it four? I can't remember I don't sports. Remember. Um, <laughs> that's my only sports reference. I'm even going to attempt. Magic Johnson. That's yeah. all I know. Um, <clears throat> all right. Well guys, thank you both so much for coming in. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Scott. Um, the skies are looking very ominous right now. So me and Stuart are going to go sacrifice something to the weather gods. <laughs> These are Shakespearean skies. Very, yeah, those are very Shakespearean skies. Um, you've pissed off the bard and now he's going to storm on you. But uh, if, get out to Carry Furnace. Give it a shot. I, I really should check it out. I I know that in my time um, in paperdom, I've rarely seen a, a show so wildly well-reviewed across the board. So congratulations again. Scott, love what you guys did. Tune in tonight for Kid Mental, 7 p.m., live in our Beachview studio. Pick up our summer guide. Follow us on all the socials and follow them on all the socials, too. Right? You want, yeah, you want yeah. followers on socials, That's right? Pittsburgh Current. Current. <laughs> At PGH Current everywhere. Quantum Theater. Boom. Boom PGH. Boom PGH. There you go. All uh, was available. <laughs> you sat too long and somebody yeah, took your domain. Thank you guys again. Thank, thank you, you guys. And Mike, thank you. Take it away. Are you going to play the song out? Bye. A better alternative.
This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.